0: Welcome to the Captain Bagrat Podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asian-ish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown, with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Chinatown to the gong. You there, Frappy?
1: Am I? I'm, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Through the magic of uh, internet. <laughs>
0: like oh, a, good! Because like I can't wait for you have uh, for us today for unexpected AJ. Eh? Uh
1: yeah. Um, I'm I'm keen. Um, I've, I've got a few. I've got a few panda panda related ones. So do I. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. We're covering. We're covering.
0: It's gonna yeah. be a panda fest.
1: Panda fest. I'm. I mean. I'm, that's fine. I love pandas. I love uh, pandas too. We've also got panda ponder, ponder pondering coming up.
0: Yes, your topic for this week, right? Yeah,
1: we're talking about we- weird food experiences. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> I'm mean, sure I know, we've all had them.
1: <laughs> I know we're very, we're both very food motivated, so we may as well cover that.
0: Yeah, we've been to some really weird places around the world, haven't we? <laughs> Definitely have. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, I enjoy it. It's not like I'm complaining.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then coming up in um, Secret Asians, Asian-ish, uh, we interview Akira on her thoughts from Freshly Off the Plane on Asian women in Australia. <laughs> but more of that later. Now, Liam, do I dare ask what you have in store today for Unexpected Asia?
1: I mean, I don't. I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, it's, it's COVID-19. Related. I mean, we're still in the grips of, of COVID-19 panic around the world. Okay.
0: So, not, not North Korea for it's a change? not North
1: Korea. I mean, actually, on the North Korean front... Uh, here, I'm going to I'm gonna throw in an extra oh one. God. Here you go. Here's a bonus. This is a bonus. You, look, you asked for it. Um, <laughs> we still haven't heard from from the dear leader. Kimmy? We haven't heard from him yet since last episode.
0: Oh. So, it's
1: now been, I don't know how many days, like 20-something days. No mention.
0: Wow. So, he
1: could be dead. I... I would be really disappointed, and it would be heartbreaking. But it's it's looking like a real possibility.
0: Oh, he could be going undergoing some massive surgery to come out as another person. He might come out as Dennis Rodman.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I, I I'm skeptical personally of that. um I, I think he's sort of like Trump, right? Like he he can't stop talking.
0: That's right. So All like, right, anyway, onto on could... your news then. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's a
1: quick update. Um, my, my my news is that there was a, a large cluster in uh, Seoul in South Korea, right? The the, the capital mm. city of uh, of South Korea, and um uh, the the weekend before it's just come out. There's, there's been an insight into it, and it's just come out that a huge cluster. I think there's a couple hundred people um, were infected with COVID nineteen just because one girl decided to go to a nightclub. Um,
0: one girl. One
1: girl. Yeah, who infecting
0: a hundred people. One
1: hundred and forty eight cases oh my god <laughs> uh yeah it's, it's quite crazy um she later you know self-isolated and and um you know did the whole week thing and yeah it stayed home but yeah ended up infecting um there are 148 something people just linked to nightclubs within um like the nightclub district and so so they all had to shut down wow which I yeah think... so
0: all yeah also all the other cities who are opening up in Australia around the world just watch out don't go nightclubbing yet <laughs> yeah
1: I mean it's, it's an interesting um like I you know with i've been nightclubbing a fair bit (laughs) more than
0: most (laughs) in the gong right that's
1: probably putting it lightly (laughs) but um you know there's no way to to keep it safe like at all so as soon as it's open like i'm really worried i'm I'm concerned about australia opening up uh, yeah even
0: with these precautions that what 10 people at the moment and soon i think in two weeks time i'll be like 20 people i mean yeah, one person can infect 140 from going to, what, three nightclubs. So then one person can definitely infect 20 people in a restaurant.
1: Oh, easily. And, and like, look at what happened with the boat, like the um, Ruby Princess. Like, that's yeah. just one or two cases. And then, okay, amplified because of the closed environment of a boat. But still, like, really bad. Anyway, so l- let's hope that um, it works out. And that, and that we can open clubs without having some sort of backlash eventually. <laughs>
0: Well, to follow up with that one, I wanted to talk about how to date in Australia during COVID-19. <laughs> so in a blog by a Canadian author on um, Huffington Post, mm-hmm. um, she wrote about, oh, you know, actually COVID-19 has been a bit of a, a dry spell for her, um, but <laughs> it's also a blessing in disguise for women. <laughs> so then dating one person at a time is finally back on the agenda. <laughs>
1: Why one yeah, really. person at a time? Yeah, what, what's?
0: Well, because you're you're staying safe. Okay. Oh right. Yeah, because if you're, yeah, you're going to meet someone uh, through you know one of those dating apps like Tinder or Bumble or something like that, you know you want to make sure. Okay, okay. So are you seeing anyone else? Uh, are you keeping one point five meters? <laughs> Let alone, are you using protection? Part of the, part of the
1: courtship <laughs> ritual now. You have to like get out the uh, get out like the, the COVID safe app and prove that you're not infected.
0: Exactly. And so I've done my own on the ground grassroots investigation in Sydney and I spoke to a few of my friends and, and, you know, what they've been doing. And apparently it's true. Women are now having the upper hand. Men actually have to try to get to know them um, instead of you know, what men usually expect from a first date. So what I've been hearing is that some of my girlfriends, they've just been going for walks with um, these guys that they meet on the app, keeping their 1.5 metres. And one guy actually brought along two glasses of wine for the walk.
1: I, I'm, I'm on board with that. I think I think that's okay.
0: Yeah, I think it's great.
1: Get those, like, <laughs> sippy... Can you get, like, wine sippy cups? Like it's like shaped like a wine glass, except it's got a straw, and like so you can't spill it.
0: Spill it? That's right. Yeah. Or or you, 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 oh, you can, oh you buy those ones are uh, wine in a bag. Have you seen those?
1: Yeah, but that's a bit more ghetto, I think. Like you don't really want to go for a walk <laughs> with that.
0: Like... Can you imagine a goon bag each?
1: <laughs> I mean, at that point you could just get. I remember doing a university ski trip, and we had um, camelbacks filled with with wine i think was, that's gonna
0: come back in then <laughs> while we were skiing
1: yeah like that's i think that's the full extent of it you know <laughs> just like a constant <laughs> i don't recommend anyone does that it's not it's not fun
0: yeah i reckon it'd be pretty cool if somebody reported and here are how australians are dating wine on the go
1: wine bags
0: <laughs> uh what's your other news
1: uh um, my other news is is the panda one um oh yeah so i think i think it's pretty well known that Pandas are usually owned. They they still remain the property of China. It's like a weird thing, right? So they're and they always, don't
0: discriminate because they are black and white.
1: Yeah, no, they don't. They don't look past the spots. They are so technically all pandas are like owned by China, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is may change in the future. Now that we're working out the breeding, you know, it's always been difficult. Uh, but two pandas in Canada, um, because of the lack of flights and COVID nineteen, they haven't been able to get enough food
0: because
1: <gasps> they eat like something like 40 kilos a day of bamboo yeah and um and that they haven't been able to get their regular bamboo so they import the bamboo because they don't have the right kind of bamboo in Canada oh, in, in, no. the, in the main zoo so they've had to fly these I think it's two pandas um, like giant pandas back, back to China back to China yeah
0: oh no because why couldn't the pandas adapt and eat pine tree i mean there's heaps of pine trees in canada i, th-
1: I think they're sort of like koalas like they they only eat a specific type of bamboo oh uh,
0: and probably the soft soft um roots at the very uh, no no they, the soft
1: eat, they sprout, eat the right no they eat the i've actually looked after like i i did like a week looking after pandas in in Chengdu in in, yeah. in china Aww, and we got so to lucky. we got to feed the baby pandas and like Aww. we were like we were like volunteers at the the panda rescue place the biggest one in Chengdu it was really fun Really awesome opportunity. I'd love to go back and do it for like a year. Um, but yeah, um, they, they just eat normal bamboo. Like they crack bamboo. it. They, they would like roll it through this thing and it would like crack the bamboo so it was like flat so it's easier for them. Mm. Um, and then and then they would yeah, feed it to them. Because I think that's a lot of the issue with eating bamboo is you have to crack it first. It's quite strong and it ruins their teeth. Ah, so, so they great. would like they would like break it. So you hit it on the ground. Like you'd just pick up a big thing of bamboo and just like smack it on the ground.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like what you do with uh, mint. You know, you smack it so all the flavor comes out, right?
1: Yeah, except, yeah, you're just breaking the bamboo. But yeah, similar (laughs) concept, except with these massive stacks of bamboo. It's a lot of fun. And then you get to see the pandas eating it You get to feed them. It's awesome.
0: Oh, well... Also following up with your panda news. We've got really good segues today. (laughs) Yeah. So at the Hong Kong Oceans Park, there's two pandas there at the moment, Yingying and Lele. And for the first time in 10 years, they have just got it on by natural instincts. So instead of um, human pressure, like the keepers trying to you know enforce them to have sex and uh, mate with you know uh, artificial insemination, these two have finally you know behind the scenes because of COVID nineteen have decided to hug each other, play in the water, and now they've actually um, courted and copulated. That's if that's a better way of putting things. Good news, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, riding my panda during coronavirus is, you know, in right now.
1: Yeah, because they, they do, it is quite difficult to get them to breed in captivity. Like, it's, yeah. it's always been an issue.
0: And for 10 years. I yeah. can't believe that. But wow. I think that's
1: pretty common. Like, I think most of them are artificially inseminated.
0: Yeah. And although so they, they
1: if, try every year, but then if they can't. Um, if, if yeah, they there's
0: could... a small window of opportunity, apparently, um, the, when the females are on heat for one to three days only during mating season, wow. which is around March to May down yeah so yeah so all the zoos around the world if you've got pandas and they're not mating well maybe you just need to like um keep visitors away for a few months and then the pandas will do what they need to do
1: good good on you pandas i'm happy for them <laughs> yeah. so um speaking about pandas and china in general yeah um, we're, we're going to talk about some weird food experiences And I think you've got one from China, if I'm not wrong.
0: Yeah, so uh, when you threw this at me, I was pondering for a while. And I thought, look, the one place that really had me going uh, was Chocolate in the Russian quarter of Beijing. So Chocolate is a restaurant at the top. And then it's a nightclub down the basement. So it's a two-story building. I don't know. Have you ever been to that area before?
1: Now that I think about it, I think I have actually been there, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't miss it because <laughs> it's right um, next to the alien street trade market, which I think they meant to say foreign street trade market.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a mistranslation uh, of, 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 like, uh, what is it? go Goran?
0: Why well, exactly. Yeah, I've seen that
1: before.
0: <laughs> Literally everyone said alien. Anyway, so I actually went to the uh, the restaurant part first without knowing that downstairs was a nightclub. Because my, my mates and I we were working over there and they said, Hey, let's go and grab like you know some uh struganoff or pierogies. because it's kind of the place you go to for like, you know, winter home cooked meals, like when you're craving something western. And they had like the best beef. And chicken Kiev, and anything that was like potato-based in terms of a salad, yeah. So, so you know, you get the picture. It's really cold. You're it's snowing outside, and all you want is this awesome Russian dish from chocolate. Yeah. And then slowly, yeah. And then slowly, one day or one night, my friends go, "Hey, let's go to chocolate for a night for the night scene." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you were like, what?
0: <laughs> I was like, what? You mean the place that serves strong enough?
1: <laughs> yeah, I just have you strong enough on the dance floor.
0: Exactly. And they took me to a different entry, and the whole place just looked completely different. There were like, you know, big scary um, security guards, and you had to go down this escalator with like mirrors and photos of, I think, the owner with all these famous people, and I was like, what is this place?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty It's pretty daunting.
0: I know, and then downstairs, I don't know, have you, have you been down this? It's just, like, yeah. full of chandeliers, and you've got sections of all these, like, really, really kooky, intricate uh, furniture.
1: Yeah, I like it. It just, um, it wasn't much, it wasn't very big at the time when I was in Beijing, mm. um, when mm-hmm. I was living there. It was sort of yeah. quiet.
0: Yeah, but they have, like, uh, weekly shows, and these shows are, like, um, a little, eh, what, what would you say? <laughs>
1: It's like burlesque, sort of.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: sort of. <laughs> they, they basically get they get foreigners to... I think it's foreigners at Chocolate. I'm not, I think it is foreigners, though. And they yeah. get foreigners to wear very little clothing and dance. Both men That's and female. Right. It's not sexist whatsoever. Mm. Um, but, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, they also have shows as well. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and it's they have quite like, entertaining.
1: They, they put on... Um, similar to now, 13 in Beijing does, does that. It's sort of taken over that niche. I'm not sure mm. if they still do the shows at Chocolate. But yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So that was my memory of a very weird place. Mm. <laughs> what about you?
1: Um. Yeah. Well, mine's also nightclub related. Um, so Where? In, in Beijing, in, in one third. <laughs> so the biggest club in Beijing, one third, um, which I, is is some people would call my, my second home. Well, actually, I think it's usually called my first home. And then my real house was my second home. Um, but... They, they used to, and it was very unknown to people, but you could actually ask for like, uh, dumplings in, in soup at any point in time while you were in that club.
0: In a nightclub. Yeah. Oh like my God. In,
1: So, so, um, some of my friends, you know, we, we got, we turned up at this club. We'd been out, I think, I can't remember where we were. We had like dinner or something. And, you know, normally we would get to the nightclub at like 10 or something, but I think it was one or 2am by the time we got there. And we were sort of hungry cause we hadn't really eaten a lot for dinner, um, and, and everyone else was very drunk and we were all very um sober <laughs> so we just <laughs> ordered a bunch of drinks basically like we had a table and then we were like we're sort of hungry and the guys were like yeah we'll get you some dumplings sure and they just went <laughs> and came back and there's like nightclub branded bowls
0: oh like like the,
1: like the, so they said like one third on the bowls and like chopsticks and, and spoons like it's a full thing right and then so we're all sitting in the middle of this raging nightclub like it was a big night i think it was a saturday it was massive um people everywhere it's 2 a.m so it was sort of just starting to kick off like it kicks off at one Mm. one or two and um we're sort of sitting there like fully sober just eating our soup dumplings (laughs) like five or six people and like everyone um by that point like uh people knew us pretty well so um yeah people always like oh like like coming over and like getting us drinks and stuff and we were just like no no we're just we're just here to eat
0: (laughs) We're in a nightclub. We're, can you imagine going to like Ivy or one of these other big nightclubs in Sydney and just go? Hey, I, I don't want to drink, but I like a I like a dump soup uh, soup dumpling. Thanks.
1: Yeah, can't kind of, not at all. Like right? it would just it wouldn't happen. But
0: <laughs> definitely not. Uh, this brings me to a funny uh, experience. When I was learning um, Chinese Mandarin, uh, I remember the tutor told all of us, "Okay, it's really really essential that you get the pronunciation right in Chinese because you know in Chinese there's like four different tones yeah. for like the same." same uh word if you want to if if that makes sense same character yeah and so um so she always used to say now to in chinese if you say i want a bowl of dumpling soup don't mess it up with i want to sleep with you for one night
1: (laughs) what would that be what Uh,
0: we are you want whatever 睡觉 yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, oh, yeah. I understand, yeah. I understand, then, yeah. yeah, I
1: understand. Yeah, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that makes, that makes total sense, yeah, I, I've never thought about that.
0: So, but... uh, she's, she's great, she's a great teacher, you know, just common mistakes you shouldn't make when you go to China.
1: conversations <laughs> you shouldn't have. It's like my teacher teaching us, like, uh, random stuff, like, we had quite a young teacher, like, she was, like, yeah. um... And, and she had a class of all young, pretty much all young men. Like there was some some women there, but it was pretty much all young men. And so she would just like teach us random like, um, like my favorite one is I think I think you've heard this line before. It's okay. like, um, it's like, why may may Eat, each out, but or whatever it is. It's like let's all eat together. Yeah. yeah, let's all eat together. And she would be like, yeah, you need to say this to get girls. Like, why don't we? It's like a <laughs> suggestion. It's not like a. And then um. Yeah, just all of these random like
0: pickup lines, essentially. Yeah, sort of pickup lines. I
1: guess they're not really directly pickup lines, but there's they're sort of just like icebreakers, I guess.
0: But she taught you some practical skills. Oh yeah, it was it was, <laughs> it was it was
1: it was quite good.
0: Well, another place in Beijing, if you really want to impress somebody, is the Pure Lotus Restaurant. Um, have you have you heard of this one before? I haven't
1: heard the name, but okay, is it where is it?
0: Um, it's near San Litoire and it is the most amazing place for your vegetarian or vegan experience. Um, the place used to be owned by a monk, so a monk actually built this concept. And when you walk into this place, it feels like you've entered a different realm, like literally Nirvana. Cool. Yeah, so you got people dressed up there. They got lotus flowers. You you get the chanting music. It's all very, you know, um, serene and relaxed. And so in these rooms, they have this elaborate uh, tea menu as well as the vegan or vegetarian menu. And everything seems to be in liquid nitrogen. (laughs)
1: Like, that's the way it's served, though.
0: Yeah, the way it's served. So you oh. you see, so it's just like it's like a big show. You know, every you're, you're almost like in a mystical world. You know, like um, uh, monkey magic flying on the on its cloud. It's kind of like that kind of feeling. Okay, over yeah, there. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So teas are like uber expensive, and all the dishes come out in some like really amazing organic um, bowl. So or in its entire in its entirety, like a tree branch. <laughs> okay, that sounds cool. I like, yeah, I like the idea. it's pretty cool. Definitely an experience you gotta try.
1: Is it still there yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's still there, and okay. it's uber expensive too. So uh, you know, save it for like a rainy day or someone really special. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, sure. I'll um check it out next time I'm in Beijing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, my well, my second one is also there. Uh, oh it's, yeah. It's this little hot pot restaurant that I have no idea what it's called. Um, okay. It's it's in um it's in the hutongs um around uh, around Nanluoguxiang. In, yep. in Beijing, which is like the the street that you go to, um, which is like all the markets and stuff. It's it's sort so of it's, changed a lot now, yeah. but it used to be cool. But now it's sort it's of,
0: now very glitzy. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: now very like trendy. I mean, it's still popular, but um, and I still like going there. But anyway, and you
0: can get the metro stop there, so you're literally direct. Uh, yeah, you M2, get up at the bottom yeah. of the street,
1: and it's around all yeah. of the. It's around like the Drummond Bell Towers, and it's it's, mm. it's a good. If you take people around in Beijing, you usually take them there. Like That's I would right. always take people there. But um, there's this little hot pot restaurant, not not like on that street. It's like out mm. a fair bit. And they serve, um, it's like lamb and lamb brain hot pot.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's... I've never had brain, but You've what did it brain? taste like? Um,
1: no. I wasn't a huge fan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By that point, I think we went there and, and like my friends were like, you won't eat this. I was like, yeah, I'll eat anything. <laughs> um, which is true. Like I will genuinely try any any food once, right? Uh, or twice even Um, it wasn't bad i probably wouldn't have it again but um, they never told me until like they just ordered and like i don't know the word for brain in chinese like (laughs) there's some words that i just haven't learned like um and so well maybe i should learn them it's probably would be prudent to learn all like okay did it taste
0: good or it tasted okay
1: It, it tasted like i probably wouldn't order it by myself like i'd prefer normal hot pot (laughs) Um, and actually the lamb you could get lamb tails and they were really really good tail bones i don't know if you've ever seen them but um that was really really good but the the lamb brain itself was just not that good and they sort of like ordered it being like yeah you won't eat this and then i had obviously had to prove them wrong so
0: Is, is it is it british to eat a lot of brains like sheep brain i don't
1: I think sort of. I yeah. think it's like tradi- sort of traditional, but I think yeah. now like that's mostly gone. Like I don't yeah. think there would be many British people who would be like, "Yeah, lamb brain is a good thing."
0: Yeah, lamb brain roast for Sunday.
1: Yeah, but I think maybe originally when people were mm. poorer and they had to use all the parts of the animal.
0: That's right. Well, I've got I've got a last one if you we can fit it in. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I don't know it's it a restaurant that I don't remember the name of, but uh, my friend and I we were backpacking in Calcutta, uh, in India, and we went past the street corner with a with a shop, and we saw all these goats, like a truckload of goats being unloaded, like and a lot then live goats live goats yeah <laughs> pushed pushed into oh, the no. shop. I know, and obviously we took a photo because we're like what is happening here? <laughs> Anyway, so then we walked away to go and see a touristy spot, and then on the way back, all the goats were gone.
1: So did you go in and eat it?
0: No, because oh. we were like, oh, I don't think I want to go in there in case it's like, uh, you know, they're butchering the poor things. Or...
1: I don't think they butcher them. Oh, you never know, actually.
0: Yeah, so it was like literally an hour or two later, they were all gone. <laughs> so that poor... was one weird spot. I can't believe
1: you didn't go in and try it. That would have been.
0: Oh, we did have goat curry in India, so you know that's quite common.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think it, yeah, is it better fresh? I, I, it's got to be, right? It has, <laughs> no, it has to be. Like, it, it, for sure, it would be.
0: <laughs> I think next time when I go to Calcutta, I'll just go back to that corner and go. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna have your goat curry Bring now. Bring them a goat.
1: Be like, Here yeah. You
0: go. You did know. it come in this morning by a truck? <laughs> yeah.
1: It'd be like, does this pay for my meal? <laughs> <This goat." laughs> Last week we said. Well, last time we recorded, we said we were going to cover some some, some women on Secret Asians. What's the password?
0: Captain Bagrat. Come in.
1: Asianish people. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. We, we didn't. We haven't yeah. done that. Yet, so I, I, I figured we yeah, should.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the last one was unintentionally a sausage fest. It right? was, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll, uh, take full credit, you know, that, that definitely happened.
0: Well, this week I spoke with Akira, and um, she's got Indian, Portuguese, and Anglo-Saxon heritage. And she's always thought about you know coming to Australia when she was younger, and obviously now she is in Australia. And so I interviewed her about her impression of this land down under. And the first thing that she said was, when she got off the plane, she bought herself a Magnum, and it was the biggest Magnum that she's ever had in her life. Like so here are some snippets. The yeah, as man. in... The, Yeah, as in the chocolate magnum. The ice cream. So she was just like, oh my god. I
1: didn't know that ours were big. Oh, it was
0: a big fat magnum. That was how she explained it.
1: (laughs) I think ours are pretty small sometimes. Anyway, okay,
2: cool. (laughs) All
0: right, and here's some snippets from the preview of the interview. Today, I welcome Akira. Hey, Uh, Akira. Hello. (laughs) So, Akira, you're here today to talk about... Asian women in Australia. Asian women, that's us. Yes, that's, that's right. Me. That's you Yeah, because you told me your grandfather used to work for the East Indies company.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he used to work way back when, when the British company was still in India. Okay. And, uh, you know, just under the influence of colonialism. And he was a pretty proud um, part of the Navy, you know, yeah. and uh kind of really regretted it, regretted uh, the British leaving <laughs> India, uh, he said he, they brought a lot of uh, organisation and order to India, and uh, you know, me growing up, I always heard every time we had um, the 15th of August, which is when we celebrated, it was like, oh, I wish they never left, I'm like, Papa, we need our freedom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what's called Gandhi, Independence Day, yes, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, look, he, he had lots of respect for all of our freedom fighters yeah. and you know um he i think he was just like a big part of of that um of that group when he was working and he just liked the orderliness and uh, the just the discipline they brought to it yeah so that's what he was actually in love with okay uh, and he's look he's almost 95 now and wow. that, that discipline and order is like it's still very much a, a part of his life like he is still up Early in the morning, does a little bit of exercise. You know, he has the same routine every day. That's what day. the Navy can do to you, and right? I think that. Part, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I guess that part of the of of the of the rain, you know, is what he loved. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's quite an interesting conversation. A few conversations I've had with him, actually. Yeah, and yeah. he
0: was also a, he, a big influence in your life as well as your father being a promoter for women, women empowerment. Because I understand your background is your, your your I guess your passport is Indian. However, you have uh, descendancies from the British as well as Portuguese. Yeah, I've, I've yet to do a full proper
2: DNA slash ancestry <laughs> lowdown, rundown Ancestry who com are you I have a last name that's Portuguese. You know, I have re- relatives who have been in Goa and then a little bit of that uh, Anglo-Indian blood yeah. me as well uh, But yeah, look I, I definitely come from a community Where not a lot of women Have gone on to be well Educated mm. and have uh, not Always had either the funds Or the encouragement Or just like that path You know, like that's where you go next That's your that's your kind of North star And Yeah, um, yeah like I was one of the first girls To be able to leave home and uh, my dad was a massive proponent of equality. And, you know, I grew up uh, knowing that I mm. could do anything that a boy could do. Oh, and oh, I'm wow. like forever grateful for, That's thank very you, Dad. <laughs> and to grandpa, <laughs> and, for grandpa for teaching dad. And my yeah. grandpa as well. So, yeah, yeah I, I kind of, I, I'm pretty blessed to have been born in that part of time where, you know, they were aware of mm. the fact that there was that higher kind of higher education. And I had... I mean somewhat kind of had the brains to you know be able to study and I was always sort of interested in school and you know always excelling in extracurriculars as well yeah so there was that presence of like yeah I love the aspect of wanting to study more so from I think from around 11 or 12 years old one of my cousins had actually gone to Australia so there was that curiosity Mm. about oh what is Australia like what what's out there yeah so I, I always grew up being that Super curious kid, like what's what's that island like you know? <laughs> in, the <middle> <laughs> in the middle of nowhere down south? And, and what is that? I knew of, the, of America, you know, yeah. it was very popular in India going to America, but Australia was some somewhat of a mystery.
0: Yeah, the land down under. The <laughs> land down under, like it was
2: always like oh, kangaroos in Australia. That's that's what it was a stereotype, and um, you know, like I just like through the Discovery Channel mm. and through a couple of other travel channels in India at that time, uh, I was actually able to look at the landscape a little bit mm. and, you know, just become familiar with this beautiful...
0: And you just fell in
2: love I from all the love. PR and Tourism Australia. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, definite, definite love there. And also, like, a little bit of missing my cousin who was my playmate from yeah. my, from when I was very little. Um, yeah, just, like, that curiosity kind of... And I mean, I ended up asking my mum every day, you know, she's used to stand in the kitchen, like, Chopping our onions and vegetables. <laughs> like, mom, when are we going? You know, when are we going? And she's like, you'll go. I mean, they had no money to send me. You know, my my parents were not very well off at that time. But But well educated. Yeah. Well educated, yeah. My mom Mm. was a teacher. You know, my dad ran his own business, still Mm. runs his own business. My mom's now, like, the principal of the school. Mm. So she's definitely surrounded with the education aspect Mm. of it. So that's something she didn't shut down. Whereas I, what got shut down was, like, parties, boyfriends, (laughs) staying out late, (laughs) uh, hanging around people she didn't know, and all that sort of stuff. So everything else I got to know, but this, one thing she didn't say no so I never stopped dreaming. Excellent and then you
0: came to Australia all by yourself or did you come with her? I
2: came by myself. Oh wow I came came by myself. How old
0: were you? I I had just turned 18. 18. (gasps) So you landed at the airport all right. Yeah. What did you do first? Did you eat? Did you what did you do when you first landed in Australia? Uh, Well I had a Magnum Oh, oh my god that's so yeah. epic and I'm like a proper
2: big and not not one of those mini magnums i'm talking like a proper big ass magnum and seriously to me magnums and lamingtons are still the taste of australia oh my god amazing Oh my god, i still remember that first bite i'm like what kind of ice cream is this why have i never eaten an ice cream like this before oh my god it blew my mind like that
0: just creamy in the chocolate, crunchiness. And, and, and yeah.
2: literally, the, the, I still remember the crunch of that first bite. Like, oh my God. And the chocolate was literally that thick, right? So I'm just like, is this even ice cream? Like, what is this? Like a This is like a whole Cadbury chocolate bar <laughs> that you get in India on top of the ice cream. So that impressed me. I had like the best first impression of Australia. I was like, if they make their ice creams
0: like this, this is like the number one country <laughs> that I have to say. <laughs> Talking is. about Australian media, I mean, the only notable Asians that I could think of at the top of my head was Penny Wong, the senator. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, you know that? Penny Wong, yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, Gladys Liu, who just got in, so yep. she's a member for Chisholm, for yep. Liberals. And unfortunately, Lilin Chin, who unfortunately is not around anymore, but those were the only three women that I could think of. Well, you're next. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're far too kind, Akira. You're next, you're next. Um, this is why I call myself Madam Chair. Yeah. Because oh, I get mistaken <laughs> as a lady mean, of the look, night. it all starts in
2: a chicken coop, so you never know where you're going to go. You never know. In a couple of decades, you could be someone completely different. And that, that that's what excites me, you know. That's sort of my north star. I believe in, like, planting the seed. It doesn't need to be massive, you know. Like, you just need to be sort of on the ground and have the intention, you know. Obviously, there are so many factors that are going to influence you as an Asian Mm. woman, like as an Indian, as an Asian, as whoever you are, in how far you go and how well you do. Mm. But I I do think that, you know, having representation, not only in Australia, but internationally. Mm. It's now, we're we're in 2020 now. It's like time for us to understand and for everyone to understand, not just us, Mm. but for all women and all men to realize that there are powerful women
0: in all colors. And sometimes they may be a little passive, but that's how. That's the, their power. That's their power. Yeah, it, being passive doesn't mean it's a negative no. trait. No, being yeah. soft is not be, bad. Yeah. Like you don't have to be aggressive
2: or bitch mm. or like come hard onto everything like you're up for a fight. No. Yeah. Sometimes there's power in gentleness. Sometimes that's right. there's power in kind of just receiving you know and just being in a place where you just you being there brings grace mm. just you being there kind of up- uplifts people you know there's some women who walk into a space and they don't need to say anything they're just there and when the room lights up yeah absolutely we just like those. you when you walk in oh thank you <laughs> oh thanks but i mean every woman has a superpower you know every woman has something special in them and i mean especially in in this beautiful content i mean there, the the opportunity can both be created and followed through. Mm. I think, you know, we need we need representation from every angle.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah so in Australia, um, there is an office for um, women. Uh, so there's a minister for women, uh, and they implement a lot of grants as well as strategies and programs. So. What would you do if you if, if ScoMo said, "Hey, Akira, I want you to be minister for women for about three years wow. during my term, wow. if I don't get you know stabbed in the back." Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> what would you implement, like especially for Asian women? What would you do for Asian women in Australia? But well,
2: I'd get you on my team first. Oh, well, uh, thank I'd you. <laughs> get you, on my team,
0: you know, I'd
2: say thank you so much, ScoMo. I am honored that you've chosen me to do this. Uh, but look, I would actually create a kind of round table of Women who I know are for women, mm. and uh, women who have like a really clear understanding of the landscape of where women stand with their opportunities in Australia. Like just like create a cross section of society and get those brainstorms together. Mm. You know, have a few have a few meetings, get people together, really understand where we are. Mm. I think you don't know where you want to go unless you know where you are. Mm. So really being honest with you know who's who's being represented. Who's not showing up at all? Who's being overrepresented? Mm-hmm. What stereotypes are we pushing in the media? Mm. Like, where are women kind of being slandered in the media for no reason? If they or see... in the
0: boardroom, yeah,
2: or in the oh, that's another. That's mm. a completely different podcast. Mm. I feel like what happens in the boardroom,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, but like, just get an understanding of that first, and from that place, you know, create platforms. I think you know, platforms need to be funded uh, that are asian-centric mm. you know we have like also a ton of african women who are so mm. so talented but often overlooked mm. because they have no representation i mean asian women don't african women yes there, there's a ton of other ethnicities that need representation so i feel like pushing that um pushing that narrative forward that everyone needs to be included mm. you know and no matter who you are no matter where you're from if you've come to this country as a refugee and i know some amazing Mm. women who've come to Australia as refugees with nothing, Mm. you know, their moms have taken them out of war-torn areas and they've built significant businesses. Mm. They need to be, they need to be represented. Like, and not in not in just community rooms, not just in, like, a get-together, let's listen to them talk. No, I'm talking yeah. mainstream. Mainstream,
0: yeah, because I've yeah. I noticed that while we're trying to push for more uh, Asian diversity as well as uh, women as well, it seems like all these, uh, if they call it subgroups, uh, are pushed into a room where, that particular group or community already know about it, but it's the mainstream that needs to know about it. It needs yes. to be on you know, the commercial TVs. Absolutely. It needs to be in the commercial Absolutely. media, as opposed to these really niche you know, magazines or yep. niche uh, TV segments for like two minutes on SBS. Absolutely. And it needs to be more than just a particular food. <laughs> about that country yeah and it doesn't need to be a
2: brilliant cook like an asian cook who yeah. makes amazing food or you know things in that category i think we need to go beyond that and wow that brings me so much joy just talking about this mm. and like imagining a world imagining australia as being known for that representation like how does it feel to know that there are asian women there are indian women there are african women there are i mean from everywhere i'm not talking mm. about just minorities i'm talking about from the whitest white to your mm. to the darkest dark you know we're we're a gamut how of how many colors. shades is that how of <laughs> shades is that there's a million shades in us women come in every shade of 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 the of the spectrum right and like i think you know for australia to be known as that like that's my not star
0: mm. i
2: feel like to be living in a community like that would be
0: Phenomenal. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Those were some great insights, and I think Akira hits the spot on what Australia could be. You know, how many shades is that if Australia was known for Asian representation? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in a report published by the Australian Human Rights Commission, 86% agree that multiculturalism has been good for the country, and approximately 3% of the country disagreed strongly.
1: So that's all of the bogans in Queensland. That three <laughs> percent. Straight up. Woo! <laughs> um, ouch! That's a, uh, that's uh, a, and, and we do love her, but w- what's her name? Um, crazy... Pauline Hanson. Pauline Hanson, yeah. I've actually met Pauline. Um, really nice <gasps> Tell person. Tell me. Really nice person. Um, okay. And, and I'd like, I'd love to, um, I think I'd love to like work for her office if it yeah. wasn't just so racist. Like, I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think she's got some like good platform. Like, like obviously the wrong ideas, but good platform. Anyway,
0: I hear she's very charismatic. Oh, she is,
1: She's a lovely like, like really, really lovely. Like, um, I met her at a function, um, which I don't think I can tell you about, but, oh, um, yeah.
0: Ooh, what yeah. kind of function?
1: It's, it's, no, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, there's, there's another stat that is, uh, like people born, like most people in Australia, like, uh, I think 50 or 49% of people have, um, one parent born overseas, at least one parent born overseas. Really? Yeah. So I think it's due to like after World War Two, they basically opened the doors to the country, and they were like, "All right, anyone that wants to come in can come in." Mm. Like my grandparents, both like both came um, from the Netherlands, for example. All right. Um, so my mum is one of those fifty percent that, that one of them came from overseas directly. So yeah, and, and I mean, it's it's I think it's it's. Uh, it's it's getting bigger. Like more and more people are immigrating, so it, it leads to more and more percentages of people with a, like with that stat, like at least one person born overseas.
0: Yeah. Well, I got some fast facts for you. Hi. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Well, twenty nine point seven percent migrants live in Australia. Booyah! So that's about seven point five million people out of the twenty four million in Australia.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, so that's 11. huge. Okay, right. So so 29% of people in Australia are migrants.
0: Yeah, so that's like more than one in four that you see in an office or on the street or in a cafe wow. are, from, are migrants. Cool. That's, yeah. that's good.
1: I mean, we call ourselves a multicultural country and it's good to see that we actually are.
0: Yeah. I mean, Australia is home to like 300 languages, over 100 religions, and 300 different ancestries. So- Booyah!
1: 300 languages that's a lot
0: because you have dialects so that'll be different oh, okay. languages and i guess like yeah. oh yeah because
1: all of the aboriginal dialects are different as well
0: exactly yeah yeah but it's interesting fact that um there's only 2.8 percent aboriginal and torres strait islanders in australia so, yeah. what really
1: i mean that, yeah that's, I mean, like the like the, there's been so many immigrants like that makes sense yeah i mean if you think about it all the people that currently call themselves aussie are like like Immigrants. That, if, you, if you look at the numbers, like, 50% <laughs> of them had a parent born overseas. So, like, the fact yeah. is that there's, there's actually, it's much less likely that they are, like, a, I don't want to say original Australian, but, like, mm. a first fleet, you know?
0: Exactly. And did you also know that Australia has the largest percentage of population born overseas, 26%, and that's higher than the U.S., which is only 14%. Cool.
1: I would have yeah. expected more from the U.S.,
0: but, exactly okay. yeah
1: there's some good facts
0: Oh, ah, well, thank you <laughs> um,
1: yeah all right wow so you're saying australia um is much more diverse than the u.s
0: yeah i mean that means 12 million um australians are international globetrotters it's amazing. totally amazing yeah I that's know. so cool um like, I, know, <laughs>
1: I mean we both come from internationalish families that's right. That should be our next segment: international ish,
0: international ish, <laughs> Asian ish,
1: international ish. <laughs> just add ish to everything, and um, but that becomes a segment.
0: I know. If we add ish to everything, that means we can just talk about anything. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's cheating, but I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. So I've, I've, I've got a good segment for you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ending the episode ish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Leo. <Liam. laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on this.
1: Oh, God. Come on, that was good. You've got to pay that. That was good.
0: Oh dear! A lot of All in. right. <laughs> I, th- I think I think you should come back to the workplace so that you can get some sanity. I need
1: to I need to meet see some people. I, know. I think so. <laughs> Build up my uh, communication skills a bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah. You've got some serious cabin fever over there. We'll, I think. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. All right, everyone, bag right out. Hey. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrad and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrad, it does cost us a bit to produce and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid.